I feel the pandemic has created so much extra work for not just me as an HR, but for many, many companies. But the work has to be done. The work is there. The work has to be done. The work isn't going away. So I do think that people are going to be able to get jobs. It's just, it's a matter of timing. I don't know how quickly it's going to happen because employers have to figure it out. Like, okay, we have a new paradigm to operate within to make money. They have to be able to pivot and be flexible and also be transparent and communicate. Communicate well with their customers, communicate well with their employees. Transparency and flexibility are key. Welcome to Captivate the Room with your host, internationally known voice expert, Tracy Goodwin, an award-winning speaker who has taught hundreds around the globe to make a big impact with their voice. This podcast is for anyone who wants to step onto a bigger stage, make a bigger impact, and have a voice that makes people listen. Presentation matters, and the voice is the missing link. Join in and you'll see why. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Goodwin, and I'm so glad to have you with me today as always. Thank you so much for your shares and your downloads and for being a subscriber. I love being on this voice journey with you, and I've got a great episode for you today. A friend of mine from over at LinkedIn, Christine Kidder, she's with us today, and you are going to love hearing from her and all the great nuggets that she drops today. Let me tell you a little bit about her. She started her career in financial analysis after receiving a bachelor's of science degree in accounting from DePaul University and passing the Illinois CPA exam. After accounting and finance experience to become an accounting finance recruiter for Fortune 500 companies in the Chicago area. After doing this for eight years, Christine was able to obtain more experience in other areas of human resources when she joined AM Castle and Company as a human resource business partner. After having her son, Will, while employed at Castle, Christine was able to broaden her experience further and take on a new challenge at Access Media 3, a niche direct TV, internet, and VoIP provider within the MDU space. Needing more flexibility, eventually, down the tracks to meet professional goals and family obligations, Christine decided to start her own business in 2018. Her HR passion is to help professionals land their ideal job. She provides services to employers as well, helping them to create an ideal employee experience. And we all know that 2020 has been outrageous. And Christine brings so much to the table in so many different areas. So first, if you are thinking about completely changing directions in your career, you're going to love hearing from her. But she's in a space right now that probably a lot of people are interested in, feeling pain from, feeling joy from. I mean, all kinds of emotions around what's happening in the job space. And that's why I really wanted her to come on today and talk to us about what's going on, where are we at, what can we do, 
And she's really dropping some wonderful nuggets today. So I know you're going to love hearing from her. Let's head on over to the show. Christine, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you with me today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, just so everybody has a little background, I know Christine through a group that I'm in. We've got a collaboration group that we work with on LinkedIn. And I've really enjoyed watching the things that she posts and and certainly the field that she is in and her background. There was no doubt in my mind, especially with what's going on in the world right now, that I had to have her come on the show. I I don't know where you guys are at as far as have you been laid off? Are you looking for work? Are you know what's what's going on in your world? But I know that Christine's going to be able to really give us some valuable insight into what's happening in the hiring world and probably beyond with some of the things that we're going to talk about today. So I think you're really in for a treat. So let's just start at the beginning. I, you don't you, you tell us what you do, and then you have a you have an interesting background. Give us a little bit of the backstory about what what it is that you do now, but what did you do before? I'd be happy to. So what I'm doing now, I started my own business back in June of 2018. I've gradually eased into it, and now I'm really focused on it full throttle. My background was over 20 years of experience working in human resources, typically as the head of a HR function at a company. I've worked in a variety of industries. I've had a, a nice variety of experience working at a metals distributor. I also had been a headhunter in accounting and finance. Recruiting was actually my start in human resources, so it was a great way to start off. Working at a startup, that was excellent experience. Working at a non-for-profit, too, that was really very different from working at the startup. So, but again, leading the HR functions, being an HR generalist, so knowing really what to do, soup to nuts for the HR function. So, but I decided to leave corporate HR to start my own company because I needed a new challenge. I wanted to pivot and have my own company. I've always wanted to do that. So, so gradually eased into it. And what I am doing right now, I'm doing two things. My primary work that I'm really very focused on and scaling up is working with individuals, providing them HR support. One of the primary ways is helping people with their job search. So many people need assistance with a job search. And since I've hired so many people in my HR background, I know what it takes to get hired. So people need assistance with that. I can help them to get through the job search maze. Doing a job search isn't something that people do on a regular basis, ideally. So with, with my expertise and working behind the scenes, I can really help them to navigate it confidently, effectively. The last thing anyone wants to do is to spend all this time in their job search and not get any results or get the results that are less than desirable. 
So really helping them to navigate the process efficiently, feel good about it, and land their ideal role. Because you don't want to take just any job either because life is too short. You should find the ideal role for yourself. Yeah. So helping a lot of people with that. But also, too, I do have people that reach out to me for help regarding performance management. You know, I've gotten some feedback at my job and they have me on a progressive improvement plan. But um, I need a, I need to bounce some things off of you. Let's talk about it. And what are your suggestions? How can you help me? I talked with someone earlier today about compensation. So I want to get more money. How do I ask for a raise? How do I do that? And then another person, I'm supposed to get this promotion, but now I'm not going to be getting this promotion. So a wide variety. It's, it's amazing how many times I've been approached in my HR career. So you do a lot of work with individuals, mostly individuals, it sounds like. But do you also do some work with companies still within your own business? What do you, what do, you do with companies? I do. And I do that partially because I want to offer as much value to the individual that I work with. And by staying in touch with employers and what's going on with employers, I feel like I can bring so much more value to individuals. It's like I'm keeping keeping a pulse on the job market and current trends, what employers are doing. And with this pandemic, I've really been able to see a lot on how employers are responding. There's been a a variety of responses. I know recruiters that have really wanted to continue the recruiting process and have have done that. Other employers that have uh, basically paused things or just said, yeah, we, we can't, we're not prepared for this. So... And as you know, from the unemployment statistics, a lot of companies, unfortunately, have had to lay off employees. They've had to do furloughs. They have also asked current staff to take salary cuts. Mm. So, so yeah, there's, there's been... Oh, Getting back, I really work on offering them my generalist duties. So a lot of different services that include recruiting, employee relations, performance management, benefits, separations. So often that's one of the areas that's so hard for employers. They know that they need to let someone go, but (laughs) it's a hard decision decision to make and they don't do it properly. Um, you have to go through the right steps to make the decision, make sure it's objective and really evaluate it. And then when you do decide, yes, we do need to make this change, making sure it happens in the appropriate way. It can be very difficult, so, but uh, it still needs to be handled the right way. So it's so important. Well, there's so much going on right now. I'm not even sure how you're keeping up with, you know, because things are changing so quickly. 
but what's your overall feel for the, the, and I know you don't have a crystal ball, but what's the, what's your overall feel for prognosis for recovery from what you're seeing out there? I mean, it's, is it all bleak or is there still some, is there light at the end of the tunnel? What's your feel from what you're seeing out there in the world? I think that the market will come back. The job market will come back. It's just a matter of time. It really depends on how employers bounce back from the things that are happening. The thing is, as you had said earlier, so much work has to be done. I have been extremely busy, definitely as an HR professional. Keeping up to speed, learning more about the legislation and just so many things. And it's constantly changing and staying on top of it. And we really haven't been in this situation before. So just thinking about when employers, when employees are going to return to the physical office environment, making sure that physical office environment is safe and ready for the employees. And you have a schedule, so you don't have it. There's so many considerations, so many things. So I think, so getting back to it, I feel the pandemic has created so much extra work mm-hmm. for not just me as an HR person, but for many, many companies. But it's, the work has to be done. The work is there. The work has to be done. The work isn't going away. So. I do think that people are going to be able to get jobs. It's just, it's a matter of timing. I don't know how quickly it's going to happen because employers have to figure it out. They have to, uh, they have to stay in business. It's like, okay, we have a new paradigm to operate within to make money. They have to be able to pivot mm-hmm. and be flexible and also be transparent and communicate communicate well with their customers, communicate well with their employees. As transparency and flexibility are key right now. Mm-hmm. Well, and I want to dive into some more specifics for candidates in a minute, but I would love to hear your thoughts on how do you think things are going to shift with regards to working from home? I, I think that, you know, from my perspective, I've been on Zoom since I was an early adopter, you know, and just with all the people that I'm working with and the feedback that I'm getting, I know there was always this perception, even in voice coaching, people were like, well, I can't do those sessions with you online. And so I think that there was this perception that there's no way we could work, no way could I let my people work from home. But I, but now we've proven that that is viable. So do you think that there's going to be a shift in that whole work from home scenario? I'm thinking, yes, that there will be a shift. However, what's crucial is for employers to really get how to do performance management Mm. because the employers that have been uncomfortable with work from home are typically the ones that are like, I need space time. I need to see you in the office. I need that. I think space time is ridiculous. 
It really is. It doesn't matter. Someone could be in the office 12 hours and not get anything done. So, and I've definitely (laughs) seen employees do that. They're on the internet. They're doing shopping. Yeah. They may be in the office, but they're violating policies. They're not productive at all. So, but employers typically, and so many managers, they hate doing actual reviews, but performance management can still be done. They just have to be clear the job description for the role. And really, it comes down to we have this role. We're paying $50,000. To have this accountant, why do we need this accountant? What is the justification for spending that $50,000? What do we have to see? What are the results? What does this person have to achieve in order to justify that expense? So it really comes down to employers being clear on how they are measuring their employees. So, and I think, unfortunately, employers in the past have not done the best job on that. And I think it comes back to human nature, not wanting to give feedback, especially not wanting to give negative feedback. But as managers, that's your job. You have to give constructive feedback. You have to manage your your staff. So many managers were awesome individual contributors. And then they were promoted, yet they weren't given training on how to be a manager. So they're thrown into it and they're like, oh, now what do I do? They just want to continue being an individual contributor. But your job as a manager is to manage your team and lead your team. So, but, but that, that has a big impact on work from home. It really does. So to be able Again, employers for it to work for them, they have to make sure they have to know that yes, this person is doing their job. This person is propelling work forward. Because otherwise, if if they're not, then it's it's not, it's not going to work. So yeah. And then there are employers that are okay with work from home. They're totally fine with it. But if they still, they're not they need to do a better job again of measuring their employees performance. Mm. So, and yeah, some jobs aren't as quantifiable, but you, you have to be clear on how is this person being successful? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. And it's, it's just like some of the people I talk to say they're more productive at home. They don't want to go back. And some of the people I talk to, they can't stand one more minute of another Zoom call, they want to, they're ready to go back. So I'm sure that the personal preferences play into it too. I feel more effective at home. I feel more effective at work. But I've been really interested in reading a lot of the comments around Google and I believe it's Google and Amazon saying work from home till the end of the year, I think. I may not have the facts yes. just right, but I, and it may be mandatory. Yeah, I think think Google, I'm assuming that Google and Facebook have good processes in place to measure the effectiveness of an employee and to make sure that they're getting their job done. Because it needs to be objective. It really does. 
So yeah. uh, unfortunately, employers have relied on FaceTime to think, oh, this person is doing a great job. I mean, that was one of my posts. A CEO that I was working with was like, oh, the parking lot is empty at five o'clock. That's terrible. No, you should be measuring the results your people right. are getting. That's what, that's right. what matters. Right. Well, it's like in the coaching world, as you know, some people get locked up in, well, how long's the session? And, and if it's an hour, they'll literally want it every minute of it. Where then you get other people that are like, hey, if we can knock this out in 20 minutes and I can get the same result, let's go. That's what that reminded me of when you just said that. And the parking lot's empty. Well, are they not working or did they already get it done so effectively that they're gone? Right. We can get the job half the time, but there are employers that have that mentality. Well, I'm paying you for eight hours. Yeah. I want to get that whole eight hours. But, you know, there's other considerations, too. I mean, work from home can be so advantageous for employers in terms of reducing overhead. And you brought up an excellent point. Some employees function so much better working from home. Mm -hmm. I, I know of at least one example of an employee who seems to really be thriving in the work from home environment. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I see it within the companies that I work with. Some of them, some of the people, and even in the same company, some people are like, I just, I don't ever want to, I'm just so efficient at home. I get so much done. And then of course, others are like, I cannot, I cannot wait to get back. And I'm sure that there's so many factors, personality. What do you, you know, if you've got seven kids at home, okay, I might, you know, you might want to go back. It might just be too chaotic to get stuff done. I think there's so many factors that play into it, but it's, I'm really interested to see what happens because like you said about the overhead, I mean, how can you not look at the overhead? If you've got productive people, more production happening at home and that can save you on real estate. I mean, you got to look at those things, I would think. It can. And then you think about just planning for emergencies. I think working from home, having the technology so your workforce can do it gives you so much more flexibility. In the Chicago area last January, we had the polar vortex. And one of the employers I worked with was shut down and had their employees working from home. That was a great exercise to go mm-hmm. through because I think that they were more prepared for this pandemic. Yeah. And just but that flexibility is so valuable to have that. Yeah. So. Yeah. I've really been impressed with the companies I work with and how I've seen them just turn it on a dime. And while it it may have very well been, maybe the world was, or the U.S. was in preparation before I recognized it, but I just kind of feel like I got the email that my son was coming home, and then 48 hours later, the whole um, United States of America was home. You know, it happened very, very, very quickly in many, many ways. I mean, while we've been hearing about it since December and January and whatnot, but it just, once I got that email, literally, they're going to go home on Wednesdays. Then 48 hours later, they're going home till the end of the year. And 48 hours later, the U.S. was shut down. Just boom. That's fast. I would agree with that. Yeah. I felt the same way. 
I think I even posted about that because the window was closing a lot quicker than I thought yeah. it would. Yeah. But I think that's good. That's what we needed. So yeah, we didn't want to sure. be caught in a bad situation. I mean, it's a tough situation to begin with. So. Right. Well, and kudos to all the tech people. You know, that's one of the things that I've heard from so many of my people is that they have three screens at work or they have the server or this or that or the other. And I just think, certainly with the companies I work with, the tech people just really made it happen. I mean, they were instrumental in this going off so well for the company, for my companies. I I don't know if you've seen the same thing, but certainly that's what I've seen. Yeah. The IT people I saw, they, they did a great job. They were so responsive and just, well-prepared, I thought, and worked so hard. Yeah, HR and IT are definitely two areas that were impacted with all of this. But I think in a lot of ways, so many other departments, like with marketing and communications, and just, I mean, it it really created so much, so much extra work. So, but it is what it is. We have to get through it. Yeah. Well, and, and like I say, I'm so used to, I think I'm more comfortable on camera than I am in real life because I've been on camera for 35 years. But for so many of my people, it was like, okay, can you just tell us how to stop talking over each other? You know, it's, it's the same, but quite different. And there was a, I think there was, that was the biggest learning curve was, okay, I'm selling to you and you're in a box and on a screen. You know, when we're used to that, like my sales teams walking in, shaking a hand, sitting down, and this is a whole different deal. This is, is it my turn to talk or yours, you know? And then you've got people not even turning their camera on. So you have no body language to read. You're literally working off of words and, and voice. So, well, all right. So let's, I want to circle back to candidates what, what, let's talk about some things that candidates, if they're feeling hopeless right now, is, is this a time to stop looking for work or do you have any thoughts on that? And, it, and I know you said earlier, it's just kind of almost company by company. Is that what you'd say about people that are looking for work right now? What would you tell them? I would tell them Number one, not to feel hopeless. They need to take care of themselves. They need to reach out to other people, reach out to their networking. Doing a job search can be so isolating. Mm. And under these conditions, it's even worse. So reach out to people. Have a goal of setting, making new connections every day. It doesn't have to be. 20 but if you shoot for five that's good and use linkedin linkedin is a great way to do it it's a great tool if you are uncomfortable with linkedin it's easy to learn linkedin very easy but don't feel hopeless you have to take care of yourself make sure because this if you don't take care of yourself how can you how can you get a job and how can you help a future employer so you have to take care of yourself ask for help, reach out to people. And if you feel uncomfortable, I know the people I have worked with have felt uncomfortable 
was reaching out to people asking for help in networking because they're like, well, I'm basically asking them for a job or do they have a job? It's like, no, you're making a new connection. So let's make a new connection with each other so we can help each other with our network. Yeah. So, so that's, I mean, you can always, you never know, you may be able to help someone else out too, job searcher, job seeker. And maybe you have information that you can help them in some way. But that's, that's the great thing about connecting with people because it's an opportunity for you to help someone and they can help you. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the most important things that people can do right now then is work on building that network building up their network or connecting with their network or creating a network. Yes. Don't forget about your network. It's easy to forget about it because you might just think, well, I just have to send my resume everywhere and Mm -hmm. apply for these jobs. No, it's so much more than that. Start with your existing network. Yeah. Reach out to people, tell them, try to be clear. I think it's important to be clear on what you need help with. Mm. So when you're reaching out to someone, but sometimes you may not know, as long as you tell them what you're looking for, I'm trying to get more, more phone calls or just to meet new people. Right now, I'm just working on making some new contacts. So I'm trying to build my network. That's totally fine. They don't have to have a job for you. So, but to help each other out with building the network is, is a good thing. And, and network and networking, I think those are uh, words that are people cringe when they hear that. Someone that I'm connected with on LinkedIn, she did a really good post about it today about how people might cringe when they hear the word networking. But I define it as making new connections. It's important to always be making new connections. It's also important to nurture your existing connections and stay in contact with people you don't have to be calling everyone on a daily basis so but but don't get those connections it's really people are the ones that hire us yeah robots it's people yeah so yeah what do you think that people are getting people that are looking for jobs right now what are they getting wrong and and maybe maybe you need to take it out of the context of right now. What do job seekers? What do you see as a consistent mistake that you wish people that you wish wouldn't happen? I think that overall, the common mistake is under the theme of not being willing to try something new. It mm. could be a new approach. It could be a different way of doing something. I'm a big Seinfeld fan. I'm dating myself, I know. But (laughs) one of my favorite episodes is the episode where George Costanza does the opposite of what he would typically do. So everything, every decision that he makes is the exact opposite of what he would traditionally do. And he winds up having one of the best days of his life. Yeah, I remember (laughs) that episode. It's so good. And we have to be open to trying new things and even just doing an experiment. 
but being having that openness and that flexibility, again, it's a perfect example of how flexibility is so valuable. Yeah. And having a sense of urgency. One of my clients that I work with, I'm working with him on his job search. He was asked to do an in-person presentation and he wanted to schedule it for the following week so he'd have more time to prepare for it. But I said, you need to schedule that ASAP and just dedicate all your time to preparing for it because you want to strike while the iron's hot and you don't know about your competition. And while they're ready to make a decision, you just, so the more responsive, and that's the thing, doing a job search can be a lot of hurry up and wait, hurry up and wait. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but, but you don't want your your delay in timing to be the reason why you didn't get a job. For sure. For sure. I, I was thinking, as you were talking about that Seinfeld episode, it made me think of, and this is re- actually related to jobs, but it was the one where, and I don't remember all the details about it, but where George said, well, I'm an architect. He was on a, he was on a date with a girl and he did, and he, you know, I don't think he even, even had a job, but she said something about it. And then throughout the course of the episode, he was, a, he was an architect. Oh, I know. Yeah, it was. He said, she said, what do you do? And he said, I'm an architect. And she said, what do you build? And he said, train tracks or something like that. You know, I mean, it was just, he was not an architect, but it reminded me of that. So I guess don't lie about being an architect is another good technique that you Please don't lie. (laughs) Oh, don't do that. Do not tell them you're an architect. Um, Well, that's good. I love that sense of urgency. That reminds me of Marie Forleo always says, start before you're ready. Because if you try to get it just right and get it just perfect, and I see the same thing with people on video, don't get in the habit of making 27 takes. You're not going to get it perfect. Start where you're at. Go with what you've got. Do your best 110%, but don't keep waiting until you get it right or get it memorized or whatever. Because that's resistance. That's just a trick of the subconscious for sure. It is. So, what do you think employees, I mean, impl- I want to go to employers. I, I, I want to ask this question and I want to set it up with a frame of reference of casting directors. I work with actors occasionally and actors are always terrified of the casting director. And I always say the casting director wants you to do a good job. The casting director wants to find the perfect person. So the casting director is not in there rubbing their hands going, ha, 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 I can't wait to tear Christine apart on her audition. They're not. They're in your corner. And I think I wonder if job seekers sometimes feel the same way as actors do about the casting director, but what is it that the, that the employers are really wanting from the candidate? Is it like the actor scenario where they really want them to shine? They really want them to be good. Yes, that's a great analogy. I'm really glad you're bringing that up because when a job is open, it's a problem. Mm -hmm. And the hiring manager is looking for the solution. 
and they're hoping that candidate that's sitting across the desk from them or on the Zoom video. Right, right. They're hoping that person is the solution. Mm -hmm. But we have to be thorough. We have to find out about the person's background. And also, too, it's two-way, making sure that the person understands the job. Because we all now, so think about it from an individual standpoint. If you've ever been in a job that you did not like, it was the wrong job for you, or it's just a bad experience. Nobody likes that. I mean, it's awful. It's, it's harder to be in a job that you don't like. Mm -hmm. So, and it's tough for employers too. Employers lose a lot of money when they make a bad hire. And it's not just the money that they've lost, but it impacts morale. It just, it's bad for everyone involved. So, we need to do our due diligence and be thorough and, and take it seriously. So, and for all parties involved, for the candidate and for the employer and the people they're going to be working with, the other departments. So, so yes, they, they want that candidate to be the solution to their problem. Mm -hmm. So they really are in your corner. They really they are. are. Yeah, just like yeah. the casting director. What well, that made me I made a note when you were giving that answer, and I actually had meant to ask this earlier. But why do you think people stay in a job they don't love or even like? Do you have any thoughts on that? Do you have any encouragement on that? <laughs> Get out and do something you love, or you know something around that. What are your thoughts on that? Because it's it's classic. It's a classic story. It is a classic. And I think the number one reason, it's one word and it's fear. Yeah. Fear of the unknown, mm. fear of change, fear of, am I going to be destitute? I need money. I need mm. my paycheck. I need this. Am I going to have a job? I mean, just again, the unknown. Mm-hmm. But you think about it, really, nothing is guaranteed. When my parents were growing up, there was more, you know, people being employed at a company, at one company for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. But that's been gone for a while. A long time, I think. Nothing is guaranteed. And getting back to what I was saying and how employers pay their employees a salary there needs to be a justification for that expense. So you have to be providing value. You always have to be providing value. We want to be invaluable. And things change. Things are always changing. So we need to evolve as well. So it really comes down to if someone is unhappy in a job, they're not engaged, is that how you want to spend your life? Mm -hmm. You have to challenge yourself and put together a plan an action plan you can do it people mm -hmm. can totally do it but you have to think about where are you at right now don't you want to be someone better somewhere better a year from now you know just it can be done but baby steps are very powerful you can even mm. take baby steps but 
baby step is better than no step. That's great. That's great. Well, okay, so I'm going to switch gears one more time because I know we're about to run out of time. I'm going to have to let you get back to work. But because I know you've, I know how busy you are. I bet you're, are you busier right now than, I know you're always busy, but are you busier right now than normal? Yes, I have been very, very busy. busy. Yes, yes, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's so interesting because that's what I'm getting from so many people. Even, you know, even within the truck driving industry, some of them have more loads than they can even carry and others, they don't have enough loads. So it's this real, this real extreme, you know, some people are just so busy, they can't get it done. And then others, not as busy, but I want to jump real quick and then, and then we'll wrap it up to you. You do coaching for people that are looking for jobs. What is that? What all do you do with them? Do you do, you know, what are the things that you Give us a little play-by-play of what happens. I come to you, I hire you, I'm looking for a new career. What all do you do? Because I know you do some role play and all kinds of stuff with people. Yes, yeah. The very first thing is to make sure that you are clear on the job that you want. What's the ideal job that you want? Mm. Sometimes people are open they just don't have a clear enough plan on the job that is ideal for them they need to have a really good handle on that and i can help them figure that out i'm happy to but you really need to know what you're going after because that really defines your map that you're going to follow yeah what the process will be sometimes people are unclear on the value that they bring on what their strengths are. And that's what it really comes down to is when you're doing a job search and you're talking with various employers, you really have to have a good handle on the value that you bring. I like to refer people to the Strength Finder. It's uh, now the Clifton uh-huh. Strengths, which is still affiliated with Gallup, but it's a great book to invest in. It's not very expensive. Yeah. You you get a free assessment as part of the book to identify your five strengths. Mm-hmm. And it explains what those strengths are. But really, and many companies have done that with their employees. So you might get an email from an employee and it'll list what their five strengths are, which is really cool because it, oh, it really yeah. helps in it with teams and how people work together. Yeah. But it's a great starting point to get clarity on what someone brings to the table and what their value is. So then we talk about the job. So once they've identified what they're looking for, we talk about people that have that role, what has been their career track. We look at their existing connections that they have, their existing network. I'm using that word that, You know what I'm talking about. And really, yes, replying to job postings and applying online is a good thing, but that shouldn't be the only thing. That's really a small part of it because your, your connections are really going to help you to get that job. 
And by connecting with people, reaching out, being proactive, being on LinkedIn, being visible, getting yourself out there to be seen is huge. Yeah. So, so really working with them. I am a big believer, and it comes from my recruiting days. Plus, I love math. I definitely love math. But a lot of the job search is a numbers game, too, making sure that mm. you're tracking what your activity how many applications are you doing? How many uh, virtual coffees are you doing? Mm. How many how many messages are you sending out? I mean, it's really important to track that because, you know, being a recruiter, I had to have so much activity in order to be successful. And I would track my daily activity, my weekly activity, my monthly activity. And with it being a numbers game, as long as you have the numbers, you're going to see the results. Yeah. So even in a crazy environment like we're in right now. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. And what would you, uh, you do work with employers too. So what would, what would that pro? what all do you do for them? Is it, very- the, it, it varies, but. What I've been trying to niche it down more to, because what really excites me the most, how I can help them the most, provide the most value, is by providing the ideal employee experience. Mm. So you think about it, as an employee, so many things impact your experience working for an employer. Yeah. The HR structure, the existing HR structure, the communications, your boss. Yeah, yeah. Your colleagues. Yeah. Even the CEO, whoever the top executive is, they typically set the tone. So they lead the way for the entire organization. So so that's what I really enjoy because employers i love working with employers that value their employees they get it mm-hmm. they know that their mm-hmm. company is their workforce i mean they're the ones out there getting the work done but i know employers are like that unfortunately there are some employers that really don't value their workforce as much as they should because they're the ones that are dealing with their their customers and if they don't take good care of their workforce, then how can the workforce take care of the customers? Right. It seems so simple. And yet it blows my mind every day. I literally leave companies that I do business with because of how their people treat me and talk to me and the tone of voice they use with me. And it definitely is a trickle down effect. And it's interesting to me, I know you've seen the post, I'm sure you've talked about it in some of your posts, how we're really getting a clear picture right now of who's taking care of their people and who's not. We are. We are absolutely getting a clear picture. So that's a good thing about doing a job search right now, because you get insight into what an employer is really like. Yeah. And you'll know. Uh, I don't want to work for them after all. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 
And it's so. interesting. I know that, I mean, I've worked with a lot of different companies and I'm lucky to work with companies that are really great with their people, but those, their companies are thriving right now. And they I, are. Right. And I believe all of that fits together. It just, it just has to, right? It totally fits together. It does. And, and the other thing too is from an employer standpoint, you spend your, one of your biggest items on your income statement is your, your salaries that you pay to yeah. your staff. Yeah. So that's the other thing. Wouldn't it behoove you? Isn't it in the employer's best interest to cultivate, nurture, take care of their workforce? I'm not talking about babying them, but have a relationship with them. Yeah. Because you don't want them to leave either. You want right. them to stay and grow with you and contribute. They are part of your organization. So, and I think, unfortunately, there are employers out there who don't get it. They try to short, take shortcuts. And it's like, oh, no, I really don't have to spend the time. You need to spend the time. Yes, they are your company. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so, so crucial that people feel a sense of belonging and they feel like their ideas matter. People want to be a part of something, period. And I mean, even from a voice perspective, that's one of the things I have to roll in vocally to so many outcome-driven people. They don't realize that they're vocally cutting people out of the solution and people want to contribute. People want to be a part. They want to matter. I mean, I think that should have all been on Maslow's hierarchy of needs, but, you know, he didn't check with me. So I didn't get to tell him. Yeah. (laughs) the The sum is greater than the part. Totally. The two examples I think of are uh, the Chicago Bulls. And I know the whole Michael Jordan mm. story that has been on TV, the, the Last Dance. And yeah. I haven't watched it yet, but I want to. But that was a perfect example of this team with amazing people. Yeah. But they're all so different and how they came together. And they, they did something way beyond. I mean, just incredible, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I, I got to experience that and so fortunate that I did. And then Seabiscuit, that's another great mm, book. Yeah. Uh, and just how the horse, the trainer, the owner, and the jockey, they were all broken individually, broken in their own ways. And when they came together, yeah. wow, yeah. what a magical combination that was. Whew. Yeah. Well, that's when I learned that, you know, in my younger years, and I always refer to that colors test and I'm very much a blue and golds and greens would just undo me. You know, I was just, Oh, are you, are we frozen again? Oh no, you're still there. Okay. Um, But you know, I think these people are, they're out to get me these organized people. They're trying to tell me what to do. And then when I realized that I could be 10 times more successful Or, in fact, I could only be successful if I surrounded myself with people that were good at what I wasn't good at. That was going to make me. And that's what that Seabiscuit story is about. It, it, to me, is that what is your strength? What is your strength? What is your strength? You're not trying to get me. You're not trying to take me down. We, I need you. I need you. 
And when we can come from that place, man, it gets powerful. We can put so much of that noise aside. Like when I was 23 and I thought the organized people were out to get me. No, they weren't out to get me. They were just being themselves. And then I just had to realize that I needed that because I'm not organized. So, well, cool. Yeah, so it's so wonderful to be part of something that's larger than you. Yeah, it it is. It's wonderful. It's very fulfilling. Yeah, and I think on a soul level, that's we all want that, whether we recognize it or not. You know, that's why we're here to make a difference in other people's lives. Period. Well, this has just been this has been a great conversation. I'm so grateful that you came on the show. What uh, now? Tell me where, and I'll put the links in the show notes. But where do people go to find you? Do they go to LinkedIn? Do you have a website? Tell me, tell us a little bit about where we find you. So the best place to find me is on LinkedIn. Okay. So yeah, that's definitely the best place. My website is under construction. Oh, okay. But uh, we're working on getting that finished shortly. So I don't want something overly complicated. I want it to be simple, easy to follow. Those are the websites I enjoy the most. So, so getting that up and running is, is a priority, but yeah. So until then people can reach out to me on LinkedIn and I can also provide my email address too. Yeah. Happy to do that. You know, to, you know, if someone reaches out to me initially on LinkedIn and then I can get that to them so that we can have further discussion. That sounds great. And we'll put, I'll put Christine's email and LinkedIn uh, where you can get to her profile. I'll put that in the show notes. But thank you so much for being here. This was great. I really enjoyed having this conversation with you. I appreciate your time. Thank you. I really enjoyed the conversation as well. The time just flew by. (laughs) I know. I know. I looked down and I was like, okay, I've had her an hour now. I've got to let her go. Gotta let her go. Uh, well, good. It's well, it's been great. So. It's been great. Thank you so much, and thank you, listeners. As always, I appreciate you so much. I, I'm grateful for you for listening, for downloading, for sharing the show. But I'm going to wrap it up. That's it for today. Until I see you next time, you know what to do. Get out there and speak your truth. Just do it beautifully. Thanks for listening to Captivate the Room with Tracy Goodwin. You can reach out to her at CaptivateTheRoom.com and be sure to grab The Voice Formula, a free video series that will help you start making a bigger impact with your voice today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on iTunes.